So if we met when we were 18, we wouldn't we wouldn't have been friends? No. 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 <laughs> what would you have said to me? No. Probably nothing. Okay. <laughs> Out of a walk past, yeah. You would have you, you would have been <laughs> translucent. You'd have been invisible. Translucent. <laughs> um <laughs> perfect. Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr., and I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. Yo, oh my <laughs> gosh, man. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was thinking a couple days back, um, <laughs> like the real the real reason I really was excited to work with you is because you've gone to NWA concert and <laughs> <laughs> and I have not. You know what I mean? So I'm low-key jealous, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I'll say when I was okay, in sixth okay. grade. When I was in sixth hey, grade. Hey, that's <laughs> A lot of uh, shit. A lot of black people can't say they've been there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you, you did it. Okay. Yeah. So, like I'm, I'm just really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment. That was the moment. Today is going to be a day for a lot of different reflections as we uh, kind of remember remember this first season and our process. But actually, before we jump into that, I wanted to ask you a question, Courtney. You know, when the listeners are listening to this, it's going to be a little bit later. But in real time, this week was inauguration week. Just wondering if you had any any favorite moments from the inauguration. No, I no. did not. <laughs> did you get? To, did uh, you get to watch it? You know, I did. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, you know, of course. I, I am a, I'm a consumer <laughs> of all things news, but to be honest, it felt kind of performative. You know what I mean? Like, oh, really? We were we were so excited, not we, but people were so excited to get Trump out of there, and still people are, are dying. You know, people are in are not getting served by the government. You know, and yeah, it's a you feel hopeful that or a possibility that others, someone could come and clean up, but it's government, man. And like the older I get now, I'm starting to see why people of color mistrust that. You know, it's felt very performative. You have the rioters did what they did on on January 6th. And then you have National Guard walking through the streets, armed to the T, just to protect our government officials. But I always think like, yes, government officials, everyone needs protection, but we're under a war every day for our life. You know what I mean? And no one is out here protecting individuals in color, individuals in need. And so it it was kind of like, here we go again. We'll see what happens now. Yeah. You know, and so that's honestly how I felt. Yeah. Not to yeah. rant in your parade, though. You know what I mean? Jeez. Like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to fuck your shit up. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, let me tell you the moments that made me cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting. I think that's a very good observation. Um, I still. <laughs> Uh, um, I I was blown away by Amanda Corman 
I mean, just to think of being up there at 23 and the, her talent and, I mean, overcoming a speech impediment, like, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I mean, I, I just just keep thinking, you know, she's up there and she's like, Maya Angelou did this. I have, you know, like, she was another inaugural poet. I mean, I just imagine that. And then I also had this one favorite moment that was totally totally caught me off guard, which was when Lady Gaga was singing. And she had <laughs> she had a moment when she was singing that, like, it, the line of the national anthem that was our, our flag was still there. And I think that she tried to highlight that moment. It was just a, a like a quick moment. I don't often feel very patriotic, but it was a quick moment of just, it, it reminded me of Hamilton. It reminded me of, you know, how the song is about like, you know, the America's scrappy, just like Hamilton. And I was like, gosh, yeah, we're, we just keep coming back from things, you know, like to, to have this insurrection and then a week later be able to put on something on display of like, we are transferring power. We are going to be moving on from this. We are going to be resilient. It was just, yeah, a, a moment of like, there, there's going to be something more. You know, I don't know. It was just a nice, like, it's a nice moment. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so much. Like, this is the wrap up episode. Like, there's so much in that I want to, I could talk about, but. Yeah. Okay. So, let's you know, go. Do you have something? Yo, fuck it. I was just going to say it, you know. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it, it, just, it, just, it just, it surprises me how, when someone says they are so surprised that this can happen in America, people of color have been been having insurrections in their communities uh, for generations now. You know, you think about Tul but Tulsa, Atlanta, you know, um, other cities around the country and places wherever they feel like we should not have or how dare us to be able to, you know, it, it's like, you know what, let me just, let me just raid, let me just loot, let me just let's pillage. And so for it to happen on the Capitol, it's almost... And I and see the thing is it's not fitting because that's not a word. Like I'm not saying it should have happened, but it's not surprising when individuals feel like their like their country is it, it was only a matter of time. It was like the perfect storm. It was like something was going to happen sooner or later to show that we will not go away quietly. You know, like we had a time where we could talk our shit, we could do our thing, and you mean to tell me now, like this country is being taken away. Like individuals were not comfortable with that, you know? And so it's not surprising. It's, it's, it's horrifying. It's, it's horrible, but it's definitely not surprising for me that something like that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was oh, yeah. a big uh, wake up moment of, of, of the reaction between people who have been historically oppressed in this country and people who have been historically given a lot of unearned privilege because a lot of the people with honor and privilege were surprised and the people that were historically oppressed were not surprised. And there was, I don't know, I just kind of felt it in the country, this kind of like everyone kind of looking at each other, like, why are you so surprised? Why are you not surprised? You know, and it's an important moment for us to have. And the more that we can make this conscious, I think it's good. Yeah. So that's it. Speaking of making things conscious. So what we, <laughs> what we are actually here to talk about today, we are wrapping up season one, and Courtney and I just wanted to have a kind of a debrief episode. Uh, 
this is the first time we've gone into it. You know, everything that we talk about on this podcast is, <laughs> is the first time we've gone into it. And I think it's important for us to like pause and figure out, you know, how the two of us with dramatically different backgrounds have been able to get to this point where we have rapidly growing audience, we have a really comfortable dynamic, we have each other's backs. And, you know, several months ago, we didn't even know each other. And so how, how did that, how did that process unfold? And what I'm learning about Courtney (laughs) that I really didn't, um, grasp before was that there was a time in life where I don't even know how to characterize it. I I can't remember what you said the other day, that you would not talk to white people or you would be the last people that your friends back in Atlanta would be expecting to talk to white people. So can you tell me a bit about that transition into even the opportunity for us to work together? Seeing what my, my mother or father had to go through while we were growing up in Atlanta was um was hard, you know, and but my, my father especially, he always said, Remember who you are, remember your last name. You know, um I have to go through all of this with white people, you know, and I have to to suffer. I need you guys to be educated what and make mean? sure they Sorry, what do you mean I need to go through all of this with white people? Can you just the jobs, the 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 not being able to be home, the the poverty, the supp- the suppression, you know, and all of these things that he had to go through so that my sister and I could be educated, it it, it kind of, if not given the right context to kids, it kind of fosters like resentment towards the other person, you know, like why are you hurting my father? Why are you hurting my mother? You know, and and so my father always said, you know, remember your last name. Your last name is Russell. Legends. That's all I can accept. What I'm going through, I can't allow you guys to be ordinary, you know, and um, and that led over into be better than make sure you you know who you are. You're a black man. You got to be better than any other person. You got to be better than you know, just whoever's next to you, you know, and so I've, it's always been a competitive thing for me. The transition came while I was in medical school because I'm there. You know, you got to you got to play well with others. You have to learn how to work with your colleagues. And most of my colleagues were white, affluent. And to learn to get the perspective of other individuals, um, I started to learn that they weren't the enemy. The system that that we all were in is created the division that we perpetuate in each other. So I think the transition was made in my higher learning and it just continues now. As I'm in Colorado, as I'm meeting a lot of people, and so um, if I say that I'm truly wanting to work uh, towards progression, you have to know that you can't do it alone. You can't do it by hate. You only can do it through aggressive, authentic, passionate, intentional love for all. And that that doesn't come all time by smiling at someone else. It comes love. I mean, a misconception is love is 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 not hurtful love is something that's intentional and something done to make sure that individuals who are doing harm understand why they're doing harm and individuals that you're supposed to be helping feel as though that was something that was necessary at that moment that was that is my definition that that is how i think true love unconditionally should be i mean that i'm just really struck by that evolution in thinking and orientation, I, you know, I, 
I think back on my life and I have like tiny incremental kind of evolutions. And when I started to learn your story, uh, I was just amazed at the at your path, you know, at your your open mindedness, and it's it's awesome. So if we met when we were eighteen, we wouldn't we wouldn't have been friends. No, no, no. <laughs> what would you said to me? No. Probably nothing. Okay, <laughs> I'd have walked past. Yeah, you would you you would have been <laughs> translucent. You'd have been invisible. Translucent. <laughs> um, perfect. Okay, and then so when we actually met, a story which I think that we told a little bit on our the our stories episode. At what point exactly did you know you wanted to move ahead and work with me? Bring us into that moment in time. When we were all working together in the very, very, very beginning, it was three of us, me, you, and Chris, you know, um, if you remember, and the pandemic hit and Chris prioritized his family, which is 100% understandable. Um, And so it was kind of, it was kind of like, oh man, what am I going to do now? Are we going to stop and wait? And then I told you straight up, like, I can't do that. I, I don't have the luxury to to retreat during this pandemic. And when you called me back and you said, you know what? It's hitting me hard. I can't either. I knew then it was something that um, was worth exploring about partnering with you, you know? And then the more we spoke and the more willingness that I saw in you to learn about a culture that you have no idea of. Um, but you know that it's you're feeling in your soul that you want to work with the culture. You know, like I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to take a chance. This could be either really good or really bad, and <laughs> and when and when or it gets really, really bad, bad, I just I, yeah, I just leave. <laughs> right. You know, like right, right. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to make sure that you knew that in the beginning, like my intentions, and I've been very upfront and. Every time I do something crazy, you just laugh like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you know, and so uh, it just allowing me to be me and me learning how to coexist with you has been such an education for me that um, I wouldn't change a day. And then so I think that's when I, I realized that I can, uh, I, I want to work with, I want to work with him, you know? So, and I asked you the same question. When did you know you wanted to work with this black man? <laughs> Well, I mean, so I'm going to I'm going to zoom you into a moment in time. <laughs> I think it was like April and 2020 and we had kind of been going back and forth a little bit exploring if we were you know, initially we we're going to do a workshop together in person and then and then the pandemic hit and no, you know what? It was really soon after the pandemic. It was like a week or two. So it was like end of end of March and we set up a phone call, you, me, and Chris. And we were kind of like, well, what what comes next? And I remember I was sitting in my bed. I was obviously at home because we're all in the lockdown. And, you know, I'm like tucked away trying to have a work meeting. And I'm with my two kids full time. And I'm just like, you know, they're not in school anymore. And is my husband's work stable? And my work completely stopped for the first time in a decade. Like all of my clients were like, we just got to push this, you know we don't even know what's happening. And so I said to you, like, I just need to take a step back. Like, I can't focus on this right now. And in hearing that, like, I, it was like, I just got like slapped in the face with my own privilege, like that I could have been able to say, like, 
I'm going to prioritize my family over justice. You know, I'm going to prioritize my family over violence that's that's going on that has been going on for way, way, way too long. And you were so kind in that moment. You know, you were like, I get it. You know, like you have to make your own decision. Like what I heard in that moment was like, you're going to make your own decisions in this process. You didn't say this, but what I heard is like, you're going to decide if you're going to walk alongside me or not. And that's not something I'm going to force you into. And I get it. And I really like sat with that moment and I sat with like the absolute privilege that I had to to be able to, you know, stop everything and focus on my family. And I sat with your support in that process. And then my thoughts started, you know, coming back together like little pieces that had been shattered all over the place in the shock of all of the pandemic hitting. I was like, this is I can't. I can't ignore this anymore. And I have this privilege and I have a platform and I like to speak. I'd much rather be speaking than blogging and writing. And <laughs> and there's risk involved. And this seems like someone that can like hold that risk with me. So I think that there was, and I think also there was a realization that like privilege is something that's come to be understood and deconstructed in relationship. It's not something I could like sit at home and read a book and understand. It had to be in relationship because privilege is by definition in relationship to something else, you know? Yeah. So I think that was the, that was the moment. That's, that's dope. Um, and I'm humbled by that too. I never knew that till right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just, a lot of times I'm, I'm viewed as overbearing and what I've had to learn, especially with, working with you is because who I am is good for certain things and who you are is great for certain things. And that's why I think we work well together because what you bring to the table is, is, it's amazing. And if humanized was two people like me, then it probably wouldn't be as successful as it is now and, and gaining more success and just like with my um my my businesses if like we up in h2h2 wasn't ran by two different people that are working toward the same goal i don't think it'll be successful as it is so i think this is the the best of both worlds and i can really appreciate that and so i mean you just led into the next question i have you know um when did you know you can trust me you told me that um so well i think for me like trust Trust is like a combination, right, of like Uh lots of little moments. And I feel like that was an important moment. And as I think back on our relationship, I think that there were moments, too, that I like I chose to trust. Like there were some questions that came up around me around like our different we have different working styles and we have different ways of approaching things. And there were times where I was like, is this you were step you're kind of like stepping into a line of work that's more familiar to me in terms of like training and teaching and keynoting, which is what we're kind of visioning um, ahead. And when we can back in person and be supporting organizations, um, you know, just having disruptive conversations. And I was like, I don't know, like, this is, this is different. I think there was a part of me that was like acknowledging that our rapport building was different than it is with other white colleagues of mine. And there was a part of me that was like, is this him being less professional than I would expect? Or is this me expecting him to navigate whiteness? And I had no idea. 
like, I don't know, you know, like it's, I, I honestly, there, there wasn't like a, a way to like plug this in to know, like, is, are these moments of like, is this a good fit? Is this, could I trust him? Were related to race or was it related to personality? And I think that there was a bit of like, I'm going to trust that this is, this is right because there's a, there's an aspect of it that feels right. And I feel support from him. And it's just making me reflect at, you know, there's, there's times where you're building trust with someone who has a different approach than you, that there's just like a, there's a choice of like, I'm going to, I'm going to put the work in and, and see what he's bringing and see what I'm bringing and see what we can create together, even though it's not completely familiar based on my past. And so it was like lots of little moments. And that's awesome. You said something that's that's pretty strong for me based on my past, you know, and I went against something that's based on my past when it is when it, as far as working with someone like you, you know, so I used my past and did the opposite and saw what happened, you know, and took a risk. And so. Like I said, this could have been horrible. It could have totally affected my brand as well, you know, um, which I hold like a part of my soul. If you know me, um, any I, anything that I am, like my, my company has given my life purpose. And there's nothing worse than uh, anyone walking through life without a purpose. You know, so if, if, if I felt like my purposes were being disrespected, I don't know how I could deal with that. I would, I, I would feel an assault on me and I, I, don't, I don't react well when I'm feeling assaulted, when I'm feeling disrespected, when my intelligence is being um, played with. I don't like that. You know, I feel, I feel very violated. And so um, for me to come out of my shell the way I have with someone I just met in a new place who's clearly totally different, who clearly has totally different backgrounds, who obviously, I mean, in the beginning didn't know how to navigate around me because I am, I am not one of those black men that are that is professional by what professionalism looks like at times. And even though people see, oh, he's a doctor, then they meet me, they're like, oh shit. Okay. Because if you come in with that, you get a little interest into the door instead of, hey, oh, I'm I'm Courtney. Like I can talk to you like that at the, at the jump and you'd be like, uh, I don't know. Right. That's the thing. That was like like the the thing that I noticed myself navigating is like, yeah, he could be performing whiteness right now in order to make me feel more comfortable to like move ahead. But that's not what I would want a partner to show up as. I wouldn't want you to be performing something. I want you to be yourself. And so it's up to me to say, okay, well, that's that's different than I'm I'm used to. And there's something great here, you know. And I think, you know, I just yeah, I'm I'm just grateful that you're you're not you're not about to be performative and quote professional, which I I hope we have some guests on next time to talk about professionalism and whiteness because I think <laughs> that they're very overlapped and it's about drawing people into, you know, a white world, an emotionally restrained world. It, to me, to be honest, it's so much about safety because when you don't know something it's just like slavery and the abolishing of slavery. You know, you did, white people did not know what was going to happen when you freed a, a black person. Like, are we going to rise up? 
and and kill you in your sleep for what you've done to us. And so to to perpetuate that and slowly give us little crumbs of freedom, little little hopes of equality, little hopes of equity was a better way in a lot of and see I'm generalizing so please check me but it feels as though that was the way people in power were giving individuals who have been suppressed for so long um a road towards freedom just by piece by piece instead of saying you know what this is what we did let's acknowledge it and let's aggressively take roads to to get through that you know because we like they don't know what's going to happen right, right. It's like each each step of the way, there was like this tiny door open, like you're free, but you actually can't own anything. You can't vote. You can't speak your mind. OK, now you ha- you can vote, but you can't go into the same place. You can't actually have the same education. And like now we have affirmative action. But once you're in here, you can't actually be comfortable. You can't feel safe to do your, you know, like it's just this tiny little evolutionary pieces. And it. There's that temptation to say like, oh, but it's so much better than it was then, you know, and that's I would imagine that feels insulting. It's very insulting. It's like it's better now. Okay, cool. So instead of like stabbing, stabbing a a child, now you punch them. That's better. They're not losing as much blood. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it's still it's it's still traumatic, you know, and and it's still traumatic. And I hate that, you know. Everyone should be able to feel like they have the full right of dignity that they can do like dignity and safety, you know, like this 100%. is 100%. Uh, and, and so this is why I love um what we do because we can start on a topic and then because we are both human and we both have these feelings, not robotic. And that's why I love this podcast. We go into places a lot of times non-scripted and 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 vulnerable. And we're given power to do that. It's not like, okay, hold on, hold on, that's not professional. Hold on, hold on, don't do that. Hold on, don't do that. And we're able to be our authentic selves in this space, you know? So that's me, that gains trust for me when I can be authentic and be who I am without feeling judgment from the person that I'm um, interacting with. Then I I feel safe and I trust that person, you know? Um, So that's when I, I trust it. Any highs and lows? Let's continue our debrief. Any highs and lows of this season? Wow, the lows. I mean, the lows was more external for me, and it didn't have anything to do with you and I. You know, the lows was just what's happening in the country. The lows is what was happening to the people I care about, to the community I care about. We're talking about, I mean, we started this from really going into from the election. Like, Humanized has been really going strong since the election night, if I can remember right, or a little before that, but I think we really started getting traction from then until right now. You know what I'm saying? So that has been a lot to navigate while trying to create something new. I feel like we didn't have any room to really, to if if we weren't going to be good, we would have been horrible, I think, you know, because it's so it was so many distracting things going on during the time that we're creating this new thing that it could have been a whole bunch of of, of it showed us that maybe a podcast is maybe is not something we should be doing right now. You know, and so the lows for me are more external uh, what was happening in the world around us versus what was happening with us. And and I'm be honest, the high for me was coming up with the name. 
because it's serious. <laughs> like, where's that sheet of paper <laughs> with all the different names? We had some options on that sheet of Yo. paper. Oh man, I wish I could remember Ooh. it, Courtney. I, I we, so the the vision we couldn't figure out a name, so we took took a white sheet of paper. We were sitting outside my house with, with masks on or something, and we just tried to fill up the whole sheet of paper with possible titles. And we were putting everything down there. That was the creativity yeah. rule. We had to put everything down there. And there were things that I put down there that I I wrote down and I looked up and Courtney was just glaring at me and he's like, "Nope, <laughs> that's not it." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, sorry." No, no, we're not doing all that. Uh-uh. No, I. Oh man, you took a picture oh, of that. We have to yeah, find that somewhere. I, I mean, I, I remember, I remember <laughs> one. You were like, "Truth be told," or something. I'm like, "Yo, that's a that's a solo podcast. I'm not gonna be a part of that shit. I'm not. <laughs> that is some bullshit. Please don't. I want to. I can't work with that. No, sir. That is the whitest shit I've ever heard. So you can keep that to yourself. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Yeah. Yo, it was it was a great process, but um, like uh, yeah, to to land on this with you was was really was dope. You know, like and and then yeah. to get the artwork for us, you know what I mean? Like I know that, oh when, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's it, that's it. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, if people people don't know the background, the artwork was done by a buddy of mine um, from high school, Kevin uh, Soltau, and he. Uh, he w- didn't even have time yeah. to do it. And he, I just like reached out. He said he wasn't taking commissions. He's like, okay, I'll take it. And he gave us one draft and we're like, ah, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we were expecting like, you know, all of back yeah. and forth and revisions. No. And we're like, um, how did you get our body language <laughs> exactly. like that? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, and Courtney and I also went through <laughs> a round of trying to take photos of ourselves for the artwork that an artist would then mm. use. These photos are hysterical. Yeah. Courtney and I are not meant to be <laughs> no, models. not at all. <laughs> I'm the most awkward model ever. Yo. Yes. Courtney's like, send me your photos. And then I'm like, okay, fine. And then he's like laughing hysterically <laughs> at me. I'm like, okay, great. Because we're doing this separately because it's yeah. COVID. Yeah. Oh, my so God. That's that's... Anyway. Um, you, I, I remember us talking about like a low for you possibly could have been centering whiteness or what can you go into yeah, more about no, that? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's definitely... Um, yeah, so we have a couple episodes we recorded that we didn't put out because they were just like, you know, us getting used to doing episodes. And the very first question on the very first episode was me saying, Courtney, how do I not center whiteness? Hmm. To which he, he was like, first of all, you need to figure that out for yourself. I'm not here to hold your pretty little hand on that of course he didn't say that <laughs> no nope. he said that in like nicer words um and then that was the night where like i was going to bed last that that night and i was like fuck just centered whiteness <laughs> like i started off this whole freaking thing by centering whiteness by asking how to not center yes. whiteness so that was like a real wake up of like you're gonna have to like figure this out and and it was a not knowing, you know, like, I think that's such a big part of social justice work right now is that we're all working to create a society that we've never seen before. So there's no map. There's no way forward. There's lots of 
errors. There's hopes for success of like, what's the next step? What's the next evolution? What's the next window of my mind that I can open? It was so it was a moment. It was a it was a low, but it was like a good push forward of like, you're this is, you know, this is part of it. This you can't just be perfect. I I get caught in traps of perfectionism a lot of like, I just want to do this right. I just want to be polished and perfect. And like, that is just not the reality in this space. And so I would say like a high has been just really living that and learning that of like, of making lots of mistakes, of needing to correct myself, of, of, of just connecting with with you and hearing your perspective and i can feel along this road like my thought my understanding of events is changing as as my mind is opening to other people's lived experiences of of this world that's dramatically different from mine and no less important than mine and it's reorienting me to community um I'm so excited. We have already started talking to some of our guests from next season. And I'm like freaking out excited about the people that we're meeting and that we're pulling in and who are interested in joining us. You know, I already have a few. We have some few people lined up from Boulder. Um, Not going to name their names because you're going to have to join us for season two to, to hear them. But they are incredible community workers. And I'm like... I'm like, oh my God, through this podcast, I get to expand my connection to my own community. That was totally unexpected and so important. And so it's so the obvious logical extension of this work, you know? Um, So that's like a high that's taking me into the next season. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look at you. Look look at you with the good transition and sentences. You're a rapper, y'all. You're a little MC over there. You know, you know. Well, great transition, Emily. Um, where do you see season season two going? I like that. <laughs> where do you Where do you see season two going? Well, I'm competitive, so I'm gonna be honest. No disrespect to any other podcasters out there. Um, I love a lot of podcasts, but I, I feel like we're we're on track to be one of the best podcasts, just given who we are as people, um, Emily and I. And um, I, <laughs> I, love, I love your. I, I have to. I wouldn't do like. I mean, me, me and my business partner, we're not in the business of making sure that other people are happy. We're in the business of creating options for the oppressed and individuals. And so I am and with this. We're working with you. It's the same thing. You know, um, I'm, I'm in the business of making sure that we me and you both are the best versions of ourselves to bring the best um, to shed the best light and open the best the conduit for conversation around social justice and and that's what I want. I want to push conversation. I want to be the blueprint of what an authentic podcast looks like. You know, like when when you say, "Oh, have you heard this podcast, Humanite?" We gotta be that. Yo, you walk it past someone. Hey, I, I need I need a good podcast. Oh, you should check out Humanize. I'm gonna stop. Like, you should check out Humanize. That's a good suggestion. Thank you. Who the hell is that dude? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You just like pop in from the corner. Exactly. See, (laughs) so where I see us going is um, having great guests, um, both with aligning perspectives and opposite perspectives, you know, um, because we want to challenge thought. That's where I see us going to the to the top, man. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. That's awesome. How about you? Um, I yeah. I mean, I just I I'm so excited to to bring in different perspectives and to 
to to hear their stories and to understand that and to create a space that feels comfortable for people because we're asking people to risk things, you know, by being on here. And so I'm really curious about how that's going to unfold. I'm curious about who are, you know, who our listeners going to be. Um, we really want to speak directly to our listeners. We really want to hear from you and engage you in this process. We have a whole list of topics that we want to we want to explore reparations. We want to explore mass incarceration. We want to explore, um, you know, whiteness and professionalism. I am super excited to, I want to do like a whole season on black women and white women. Mm. Like I am really, really focused on this dynamic and the ways in which white women have really failed black women. And also more importantly, like hearing from black women, their path, their, you know, different people working on different projects. So I'm super excited about that. But um, email us or reach out on social media. Um, email is info at thehumanizedpodcast.com. If you email, email us with questions, you know, email us with topics. I want to hear you guys talk about this. Like, I want to hear you bring in this person or we we this is not just us in a in a vacuum talking. We really want to hear from or like I want to be on your podcast. Like you you guys are having fun or you guys are missing this point or whatever that is. This is um we're exploring ways down the road to engage people, um engage our listeners and more community conversations and there's there's lots that we're we're thinking about. So don't be a passive listener, be engaged in this. Um and that's the way we're all going to get the most out of it. So I'm I'm curious about that going ahead. Uh, awesome, awesome. And for me, um, audience, I want to invite guests that push culture, um, like artists, musicians, um, singers, desi- clothes designers, people that are passionate about what they do and and have embodied that and want to 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 make it into a um, a staple you know because they have a perspective that's different i'm definitely going to have my my business partner on because he's definitely an artist um a visionary and his perspective is like mine but it's different you know um and that's why we work well together too you know what i mean so um i he definitely already it's like yo i got to be got to be on there you know and so i'm we're going to have him on and just other individuals in my community, um, men and women, the LGBTQ community, um, definitely want them on just to give a perspective on social justice and how that affects them. You know, I, I, just an all-inclusive, safe place for, for everyone is what um, I, I really want our listeners to, to feel as though, you know what, I, I want to be on Humanize and talk about this perspective. And I, I also want, like I always say, I also want other perspectives if you feel like, we don't live in a world where white supremacy exists. You don't understand why black people shouldn't be happy or people of color shouldn't be um, happy or or certain things. Because a lot of the misconception is all black people are alike, all white people are alike. There are some um, black men and women who feel as though white supremacy is an excuse for for black just mediocrity. You know, and so I feel like that will be a great conversation for us to have as well. You know, so I, I, I want all perspectives, all viewpoints, and this just not to be an echo chamber of, of one singular thought. You know, and so I, I really hope this to all of our listeners that that can be something that we, we 
go to moving forward in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for debriefing the season because uh, because our process is part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something we can be learning from. Awesome. Well, to our wonderful listeners, please don't forget to um, subscribe and review the podcast and share it across social media. It means a lot to yes, us um, yes. to to have that shared around. So um, it's a great way you can support the ongoing work that we're doing yes, here. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for individuals who have subscribed. Um, we appreciate you. We love you. And um, hopefully we continue to bring that heat that you expect. I know I will. I know Emily will. And moving forward, we're going to need your help as well. So let's all be engaged in this social justice work so that we can um, move towards liberation and equality and equity for all. Thank you so much. Much love. Humanize. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast. Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.